another episode of That's Rap Podcast. I'm your co-host, Jay Rosales, for the Toronto Raptors. Woo. Stay undefeated in conference final game four. <laughs> Boys, what a victory. A solid 2-0 in conference game fours, hey. <laughs> and game threes. And game three, yeah, there you go. What a so, that was that was a killer killer matchup, man. We were what by the time that we were down or we were up by seventeen and there was like six minutes left, I was still like, no, keep keep stepping on their yeah. throats. Don't don't put the foot off the gas. Oh, I absolutely. Mean, you never know with a team like this because you saw what happened when they accidentally were like when we messed up our inbound. That was it. Boom! One play we missed. Mm-hmm. Damn, another play. It was like a seven-zero run within like thirty seconds. It's like what the hell? This mm-hmm. is the type of team that we're facing. So sixteen with like six minutes to go. Yeah, I mean, I was I was frightened as well. But guess what? One twenty, one hundred two, same numbers. Swapping them around. That was the score. We are two and two. Those are the numbers that matter. And now it's a best of five. This is Dre. We're going to game five. Yeah, and on to the numbers. Uh, great. Great intro, guys. Um, so the first number that that jumps out to me, uh, and and I said it on our in our Twitter handle. It's I'm calling it bench VIP. Like last year, we had bench mob. This time, bench, bench VIP and VIP stands for Van Vliet, Ibaka, and Powell. The three <laughs> nice. of them stepped up. Very good. Well done, uh, sir. Combined, yeah, combined forty eight points, nineteen boards. Seven triples. Oh my gosh. Did wow. they ever ever make a statement in this game? And there's no way we, we blow out the Bucks like this without that type of performance. Yeah. And I, I I have no I, I don't know. What did you guys think of the bench? Because they were that was just they blew my mind. Each of them stepped up. Well, I think it was I think it was solid, mainly because of the last game. It took so much out of us, right? Out of our starters, Kyle, Kawhi, so many more minutes for our starters that our bench had to step up. But you have to think about it. If we put so much energy in that last game, it also could took out a lot from Milwaukee. So the fact that um, someone like George Hill couldn't get going or Brooke Lopez, or Ilyasova, none of them could get going. Uh, this was this was our game for our bench to step up, and, and we did just that. I mean, like you said, Jay, Serge, 17, Fred, 13, Norm, 18. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding? That's starter numbers, man. Jeez, like, you asked uh, about the bench. Well, the bench was a bench. This is the first time that I can remember, uh, Definitely in the series where we outscored their bench, but it was glorious, forty-eight to twenty-three. That's the consistency we need. Uh, field goal percentage compared to theirs, eighty-eight percent to sixty-five percent. That's the consistency that we need. And guess what? Our consistency—I wouldn't even argue that this was a bad Bucks game because look at the way that it started. The first half tells a different story. Nothing really changed outside of just. You know how players were treating the situation. It got to a point where the Bucks were just like, hey, we're sick of this crap. And it just wasn't letting up. Mm-hmm. It feels so good to do that for once. It feels so, <laughs> I know. so good. How many times have we won and the narrative was, oh, the other team lost that game. And it wasn't that the Raptors beat them. No, this what? game, we won that game. Like there was nothing about the Bucks. Uh, they were turning it over. They didn't shoot very well. They, it, but it was because of the defense, because of yeah. the bench. It was because of our starters. It was because of everything that the Raptors did. It wasn't because the Bucks didn't do. Absolutely. I mean, uh, Jay, do you have any more numbers to send us oh, our yeah. way? We've got good numbers. 
absolutely. Uh, another one that, that jumps out is 25. That's the points for Kyle Lauer. And, you know, we we saw him step up in game three. And game four, he set the tone again, right? Hitting a couple of early triples mm-hmm. and like kind of keeping us uh, ahead in the fourth quarter. And so, yeah, I mean, Kyle Lowry, for me, was was kind of the, the star of the game for the Raptors, uh, outside of our bench, of course. And stepping up for for a, a very obviously injured Kawhi Leonard. So mm-hmm. uh, it, it was a very good sign to see Kyle Lowry step up. And, uh, you know, it, it provides us a lot of promise moving forward. I mean, it's not like game... We, we were worried after game one that that was the one good Kyle Lowry game and we wasted it. Well, good thing is that he's actually been pretty good throughout the series. So yep. I think that this game did way uh, like wonders in terms of squashing any, any doubts we had of this team. I, I know I wasn't the only one. I think Jay, you would agree. I've got a couple of coworkers who are listening to this, who are going to say the same thing about feeling uneasy of going mm. into this game. And not feeling so great. And I'll admit it too. I was cautiously optimistic. But I think all of those doubts were put to rest after tonight's performance. And if I could end off with one final number. And and there are a ton that we can actually go with here. I'm going to go with 32. And that's the number of assists that the Raptors had tonight. Mm. That is a playoff high for this uh, for this year. And it could come at a better time. I mean, we are a team that does not need to just rely on Kawhi Leonard. And again... Alluding to the fact that Kawhi was not is not playing 100%, and a lot of his game is predicated on isolation. So the fact that the team could step up, throw the rock around, and pile up 32 assists against this Bucks defense, which was number one in the regular season and in the playoffs heading into this, this is a great sign all around, guys. Um, oh, yeah. Jay, what, yeah. what, give me those positives. <laughs> There's so many positives that I need to put honorable mentions for positives. Can you think about that, right? <laughs> so honorable mentions, positives. Kyle Lowry, Marcus Gasol. Let's start with Kyle Lowry, okay? Not only this Kyle Lowry. Mention? Yeah, I know, right? Yeah, I'm, I trust me, trust me. I'm getting to that. Kyle Lowry, right. he doesn't, yes, he's going to give you 25 points, which is amazing already, but it's the intangibles that he that he does. The the hustle plays that he does. There's, there's so many times where, do you remember when he was going for a rebound amongst the trees and then uh, it, it was scrapping for a basketball and he got like Brooklyn Lopez to shove him out of balance, and it was our possession. Uh, then yeah. the forcing uh, the Bucks to unnecessary turnovers and getting charges from from Giannis. Like it's just the small intangibles that doesn't show up in the stat sheets. It's those things that change the momentum of the game. And then Marcus saw coming out. One, we finally won a, a tip off. Finally, and yes. and the fact that he made some pretty. Big threes in the beginning of the game just to set the tone. Uh, once he starts making those threes, it opens up the space for everybody else, for Kawhi, Kyle, for Siakam to just operate. So those are my honorable mentions, all right? I want you guys to chime in too. Yep. The first honorable mentions we already talked about, the bench, all right? 48 points from the bench, from our bench, and 23 from the Bucks bench. That's amazing. Serge Ibaka, Fred Van Vliet, Norman Powell, these are the guys that throughout this entire playoffs we were like man we just I, we need something from the bench and this time we finally got it i'm not going to keep harping because it was everybody contributed surge with the energy fred with timely plays timely assists and 13 points norm with that with those three pointers four three pointers man holy crap man our bench is finally back now secondly is our defense we forced the milwaukee bucks to 12 or 12 turnovers thing is we out of those 12 turnovers 
turnovers, four of them was from Giannis. We didn't allow anyone else besides Giannis and Middleton to get any momentum. We slowed down the pace. We didn't allow Bucks to go on a run. It was the defense was perfect. Now the one thing I really wanted to mention for our positives is the game plan. And I've I've noticed this in game three as well, is that the switching on defense. So we all saw the the stats be the amount of points or the percentage that Giannis has been guarded by Kawhi. It's amazing too, but it's not just putting Kawhi uh, on Giannis. It's putting Kyle on Middleton and putting Siakam on Bledsoe, which means that it allows for a lot of switching in doubles teams. It allows the... Siakam to kind of float and, and double team whenever necessary as well as Gasol and the same thing happens with the bench too there's a lot of times where Fev and Fleet was there to swipe at the defender get that double team and make them do a lot of cross-court dangerous passes so I'm really glad to see a game plan that was executed so well um, and Norman Powell at the end of the game he was like we just got to stick to a game plan and that confidence is going to build and keep building uh I have a lot of hockey friends who say a two-goal lead is the most dangerous lead in yep. a hockey game. And I think the same when it has when it's a two-game lead. Um, the fact that the Bucks had a two-game lead, they felt confident coming into our building. Now we tied up the series. We're going into Milwaukee. Uh, they're the one who I feel like they have all the pressure in the world. I feel yep. like our momentum and our confidence is it's what's going to drive us to hopefully get one out of the two in Milwaukee. Absolutely. I definitely feel like currently, knock on wood, we have the upper hand because they were the ones that had to fold, toss in the towel um, with like five minutes to go, put in their reserves. And uh, I mean, you hit a lot of really excellent points. And one positive that I would like to share as well mm-hmm. is that um, because of everybody else showing up, because of how well ahead we went, Kawhi got to rest a bit early. So whatever he's battling yep. right now, whatever injury, whether it's big or small, knock on wood, hopefully very small, every little bit helps. This is load management that we can use. He's not playing 52 minutes this time around. It's it's great. Now, I hate to be the Grinch, but pull away some negatives that we could fix. But let me, let me just be positive before I do. <laughs> uh, there aren't that many. There's only three, which speaking of which, I want to make a correction. I said best of five. It's the best of three this series. Mm. It's three games left or possibly two and let's hope it's a four two for us anyways some takeaways the one key thing that i feel like we can still somewhat fix are slowing down when we are up we tend to stop crashing the boards as much when we were up like 17 so when somebody from milwaukee tosses up a shot misses they head up again they get the rebound bam it goes in same thing on our end. We toss up a shot. Nobody's in the in the paint to, to do it, like to get the rebound. Bam, Milwaukee catches it. That only really happened in the second half when we were up so much that there was a timeout. We were a little bit more comfortable. This is the third tier out of four in the playoffs. We are in the conference finals. You cannot let up. Mm-hmm. But aside from that, guess what? This is one of those games where things got fixed very quickly, including the swarming, which... They did a lot of, we weren't, but as you said, Jay, this all comes down to this game plan. Once it was kicking into effect around the second quarter onwards, I would even say like the end of the first onwards. Oh my God, this is, this is what we've had to be dealing with this the entire time with Philadelphia, 
with Milwaukee, this swarming of bees that just takes everything from us. The fact that we were doing that to them and breaking them up a little bit, that felt very good. And I think it's entirely to do with what you were saying, Jay, this lineup switch, putting people on different opponents. So therefore, it's it's unpredictable. You don't really know what's going to go up. Yeah, sure, Middleton had a hell of a game with Lowry on him, but guess what? Not many other people did, mm. right? Mm-hmm. So there's a there's a catch, but if it ends up with a win of like 20 or so points, I'll take it. And that's something that they fixed very quickly. So that's barely even a takeaway. The only other thing, which isn't nearly as bad as last time, foul trouble. It got a little bit scary yeah. when yeah. I believe it was Danny Green who got about five. But guess what? We pulled through. It wasn't the worst thing, but that's still something to keep an eye out on. Because those, are, those are very ticky-tack fouls, though. Oh, yeah, you of know? course. Like, there's so many fouls that could have been called, like, uh, granted, for both Giannis and Kawhi. But, I mean, those fouls yeah. on Gasol and those fouls on, on Danny, it's just like you got to put a body on somebody. Like, they're going to keep on driving if you have so much space. And then once they drive, you put a body in them, and then you get fouled. Like, I don't know, man. Like, well, how are you supposed to play? Yeah. I know, I know. And it's like <laughs> the playoffs, you know? And then you know you're, you're you guys are absolutely right. I mean, you, it, the playoffs are supposed to be more physical, and I think Zach Lowe pointed out in his podcast that he was noticing that Pascal Siakam has been getting away with being a bit handsy. And I don't know if the yeah. referees were listening to his podcast, but Siakam <laughs> has been called for uh, some pretty t- like you guys said some tiki tack fouls. Yep. And um, it's kind of telling that the two Raptors who had four fouls or more, so were were the two Raptors who. Um, I guess by scoring standards, performed the worst. Danny Green had four fouls, and and Pascal Siakam had five fouls, and they're the oh, only two. Yeah. They're the only two Raptors who were not in double digits. So I mean, not great games from them, but holy moly, did the rest of the team step up? Yeah. Can the- I just point out and do a shout out with the referees? The fact that they actually called a three in the key, that never happened. I believe Amazing. I believe two defensive three in the keys, too. Yeah. Interesting. I think oh. the one <laughs> that the, never one, the one negative I would take away, and I, I think I, I mentioned this before, was Middleton. You can't out of Giannis, um I I think the next uh, the next threat that Milwaukee has is Middleton. He can oh, yeah. he his transition threes are killer. If you let him get going, it's going to open up a lot more space for Giannis. So you I don't know like thirty points is is tough. Gladly, no one else could get going, and only Middleton, which is fine. And kudos to him because he has to guard Jan, um, Kawhi most of the time. So the fact that he got thirty points while also guarding Kawhi is a huge testament to him. And another thing mm-hmm. is. I, Dre, you mentioned it already. Kawhi is injured. You can tell. You can see it. He's not going to say anything. He's not going to say it to anybody. He's going to be like, I'm all right. I'll go to Milwaukee going to game six or go to game five. The fact that we only had to play him 34, which is already a, a team high with Kyle, 34 minutes is, I would say, is a little bit too much right now. I, I would want him to play almost you know, close to just 30. But I, 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 that's the one concern I have is that Kawhi is a little hobbled. Well, we can actually look at that as a positive, right? I mean, if there are people who want to believe the rumors that Kawhi is going to leave us at the end of the season, I don't think he'd be putting in this much effort. I'm just saying. <laughs> That's what I was thinking. I was actually thinking the same thing. I'm glad he brought it up. Nice, man. Nice. <laughs> How do you guys feel? How do you guys feel going to game five? I, actually, look, let, let me let me take that question and stretch it out a bit. Okay. I've got two questions for you guys, and one is for each team. 
Um, number one for the Raptors, uh, does this game solidify Powell replacing Danny Green in starting lineup? No. For me, no. Dre, what do okay. you think? In a dream world, yes. I would argue no, because having him come off the bench as a second wind is brilliant. Yes. That's yeah, why I, I wouldn't. Okay, I was I was I was thinking the same thing, right? I'm thinking that yeah. like, you know, Danny Green is still effective defensively, and I think that that gets lost in all of his poor shooting is that mm-hmm. You know, he is still a rock-solid defender. Um, so yeah. I agree. And I think that kind of showed itself today. Another thing about Danny Green is that um, there's there's a couple of things. One, the season counts uh, when it comes to his playing time. I think he played so well in the seasons that, you know, Nick Nurse is hoping for a Danny Green. I think everybody is looking for a Danny Green uh, breakout game. Secondly is he hasn't played enough with the bench to solidify his role with the bench. So I feel like it would be a little confusing, uh, whereas Norm knows how to play with Fred, knows how to play with Serge, so that's why that tandem works. And thirdly, uh, because Danny is still a threat. No, he hasn't been shooting very well, but because he has the capability of draining those corner threes at any moment, it's already going to be a threat to Milwaukee to have to still close him out. So with that, you can open up the space for everybody else. The amount of times that people close out on Danny, he passes it to Gasol for a wide open three. So that's why Danny is still effective, even though he's not making those threes. All right, my other question is about the Bucks. So heading into this game, um, Bucks media and, and national media were actually saying that Brogdon has been a beast uh, for the Bucks, and the question was the the logical substitution would be to replace uh, Miritich in the starting lineup with Brogdon because of how effective Brogdon has been in those two point guard lineups. Uh, the fact that Miritich is a bit of a liability on defense, so that was going into this game. After this game, Brogdon was non-existent um yeah. same with meritage i guess you could say so is is that uh this is what you got to anticipate right that the bucks have to come with some sort of a counter yes great. and I, I wonder if that's is that the counter is brogdon stepping into the starting lineup a counter or I, I don't know what it would be for them right i'm trying to think of this from the perspective of how do the raptors prepare for for what the bucks are probably going to counter with or do they just roll with what they've got uh, I mean, I could see, I don't know about Miritich, but I would see a Malcolm Brogdon switching with Bledsoe to let him oh, play. Oh yeah, Bledsoe's been shut down. Yeah, exactly. So I would feel like if they want to get Bledsoe to get going, he should play against our bench as well. Not saying that we can't shut them down, but I feel like Bledsoe, like the Fred Van Vliet, he's a little bit too short to play against the starting lineup. Um, I could see that. I feel like they're trying to get Lopez going uh, as much as possible. So I don't think there's going to be any switching of a lineup except for maybe the point guard. Um, The one I do uh, think that scares me a bit is if they counter with the Miritich and Ilyasova. Um, They want, because I think that we're already cutting down the pace uh, of Milwaukee. But the thing is, what we can't guard so far is still the defensive re- or offensive rebounds and the three-pointers. So if you have Miritich and Ilyasova to be those uh, three-point threats as well as uh, offensive rebound threat, that that's what kind of scares me. What's interesting to me is that they don't ever really have to put too many eggs in one basket. Like, if they're trying to force Lopez to have another on-game, and he doesn't, there are so many other people that can clean up after him. So that's why I don't think it might be the opposite of not having enough options. They might have too many options. Cause like mm. how much flair can you have? Cause we, you've listed like three 
possible bench players for them to swap in. Like, I, I personally would say stick to what they have because you also want to have that deep bench if your starting lineup isn't because guess what? That's a big threat for the Raptors because how do they counter a bench that's hot? And their bench being hot is pretty mm-hmm. frightening. We've seen what it's like. So I wouldn't really do much if I was um, – if I was but I wouldn't touch anything to be honest. Yeah. All right. Well, let's go into Milwaukee with with all the confidence in the world. Um we the Raptor fans showed up in Jurassic Park. You saw that Jay, I know you tweeted oh, it. Huge. You saw that there was like a first layer, second layer, third layer, all the way Jeez. to almost like the Sky Dome. It was incredible. All the way to Bremner. Yeah. Unreal. All the way to the DVP. <laughs> Yeah, man, it's amazing. So us Raptors fans are going crazy and nuts, and I love it. I love seeing that. But we'll talk to you guys on Thursday for Game 5. Hopefully, we'll go up 3-2. to two. Until then, boys, enjoy this win. That's a wrap.